So did Elon Musk totally screw over cryptocurrency? And did he do it for his own self-interest? Or is he really somebody committed to the environment? This is much bigger than a conversation about Doge. Right, the, the, the Dogecoin, the, the little dog, it's, it's, a, it's a nonsense coin. Uh, they've got a name for those kinds of coins. Um, it, it's hit with an S. That's what they call them. We'll call them hit coins. Best way to put that. Well, he goes on Saturday Night Live, and he talks a little bit of smack about Dogecoin when he'd been speaking so promisingly of it. And Dogecoin had gone up from like, Five cents to 70 cents and is now at times under 40 cents, it may have had its day. And as uh, the guy who owns Tesla, he purchased $1.5 billion worth of Bitcoin, cryptocurrency, and accepted Bitcoin for purchases of Tesla. And now all of a sudden, no, he does not. Now all of a sudden, No, 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 no. No Bitcoin. We are concerned about rapidly increasing use of fossil fuels for Bitcoin mining and transactions, especially coal, which has the worst emissions of any fuel. Now, if you don't know what I I mean by this about the mining, let me try my best to help. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It's great to be with you. 833-GOT-TONY. You tell me how your crypto is doing. 833-468-8669. Bitcoin, of course, you know, isn't real. There are no coins. This is digital currency. Well, Bitcoin has a finite amount. There's a finite amount of it. And how do you get it? You mine it. You have computers running programs, algorithms, however you want to describe it. And it works through code and it, boop, little piece of Bitcoin, often referred to as a Satoshi. Because the proposed or believed creator of Bitcoin. I forget his last name. Satoshi. Ah, I forget his last name. Oh, it's going to drive me crazy. Oh, that's going to kill me. Satoshi Nakamoto. Thank you. Jeepers, it drove me nuts. He's the one who they say created Bitcoin. And so they call these these, uh, little bits of it, right? One one hundred millionth of a Bitcoin. It's called, a, it's called a Satoshi. And you, you mine them and you start putting it together and therefore you can create a value of it with other people who then see value in this. So think of it in the same way you would think of gold. Well, Tony, gold's a precious metal. Well, in the world of digital, what's precious? Right? Right now, we have people engaged in something called NFTs. What are NFTs? Non-fungible tokens. What in the world is a non-fungible token? Picture, if you will, artwork that exists digitally, that is yours and yours alone and has a special identifier that not only proves that it's yours, but prevents anybody else from taking it. But you could then sell that token, that bit of art. Now, that art is sometimes something uh, that, let's say, Banksy could do, right? The the famous street artist. Sometimes uh, that art, and, and I'm not trying to make this up, I'm not trying to be funny, sometimes that art is pornography. Sometimes that art is just that. And you can buy a scene or you can buy a whole film or you can buy a photo. And I know what you're saying. Can't I just 
buy it and download it. What if you don't want it there? That's not safe. You can have it existing in this digital world on something called the blockchain. Now, there are going to be people who are better experts than I are going to say, Tony, you don't have this right. Tony, you don't have that right. Conceptually, I have it right. And that's what we're going to go with. Being able to own something with a level of safety and security. The part about crypto that you should be paying attention to is not so much the coinage, Bitcoin, Ethereum, Litecoin, Dogecoin, but rather that technology that lies underneath. That blockchain, which has all of the opportunity to be the safest way to engage in commerce and to keep records and a series of things in a world where Colonial Pipeline gets hacked. All these things in all these places and only your key can bring it all together. It's it's, it, it, It has all the capacity to be miraculous. That's Bitcoin. Other coins were created to compete with Bitcoin. Some working in this way, some not working in this way, some just for fun. That was Dogecoin, D-O-G-E, and it's got the dog, right? And now there's there's, there's thousands of them. It's crazy. There, there, there are crypto hedge funds. I mean, it's nuts. And people have become quiet, silent billionaires out of this and millionaires out of this and hundred thousandaires out of this. Uh, I... We take donations, right? People who like helping out what we do. And, and uh, I, I take Bitcoin. And I, and I take uh, uh, Ethereum. People want to do what they do. Let them do what they do. If I got a new contract and they said we want to pay you in Bitcoin, I'd be like, giddy up, let's go. I'm totally in. Happy to do it. What did Elon Musk do? He said, we're not going to sell Uh, our Teslas with Bitcoin because that mining process uses up too much energy and it hurts the environment. Okay. Tesla will not be selling any Bitcoin and we intend to use it for transactions as soon as mining transitions to more sustainable energy. We're also looking at other cryptocurrencies that use less than 1% of Bitcoin's energy per transaction. Well, that's an opportunity for other coin. When this happened yesterday... This happened a little bit after 6 p.m. My youngest comes to me and says, what happened? And I'm like, oh, wait, wait, what, do you, what do you mean what happened? 6.30, 6.30 p.m. Look at all the coin that crashed. What happened? And that's when we saw this. And we're like, all right, that's what happened. That's how it went down. This gets out. This word started exploding. It's Elon Musk after all. Everything goes down. It's been a mess. I contact a friend. She, got. I only hope she has done outrageously well, has been talking uh, cryptocurrency uh, for, for years. And I said, so tell me, what kind of damage did Elon Musk do with this statement? She sends me a message, says, what damage? What damage? This is a buying opportunity. What are you nuts? Get out there and get going. Now, full disclosure, I do not give stock advice. I do not give crypto advice. Don't ever listen to me on stock advice or crypto advice. And understand that crypto isn't a stock. You you know what I mean. You know what I'm saying. Now, Ari, Ari fancies himself an investing genius. 
Wolf of Wall Street. Right? Which is why, of course, he works as my producer. Eh, it's a side hustle. It's a terrible side hustle. <laughs> Good Lord. Uh, he, is always, he wants to actually manage my stocks, and he says he'll make me money. I will make you money. It's right? undeniable. So I, well, I don't, I don't. He has never said here, give me X number of dollars, and I'll, and I'll return it to you at this percent. I said I'll give you a guaranteed twenty percent return year over year, minimum. Twenty percent, minimum. How much do I have to give? That's a, I, that's a, I, that's a personal choice. It's up to you. Okay. Uh, it's, okay, it's a personal choice. Well, uh, depends on how many donations I get in the Bitcoin. Then we'll see. So people see this and they see what Elon Musk has done. And they're like, so what? So what? None of this matters. This is still real. This is the future. Now, you got to measure this against something else that's happening. And the other thing that's happening is people looking for a hedge on inflation. Now, you're going to need people who can talk the economics a little better than I, but follow if you want to dig deep. If you're seeing the prices of everything going up, and everybody is, the increases in in the little things and the big things, and you want to figure out a better place to put your money as a hedge against that inflationary world, people are looking at crypto. So the movement that we're seeing right now is a little bit Elon Musk a little bit uh, people who are not um, confident in the space and a little bit of people now entering the space because they're looking for something to put their dollars in, but are like, how much gold do I actually think I can really own? Right? Gold, I mean, I'm not talking about even physical gold because the biggest problem with physical gold is it's super heavy. Right? You try and carry a couple of bars of gold, it's heavy. It's, it's, it's why people use the diamonds. I mean, in case you're ever wondering. Yes, I have done a lot of research. I, I have been all over this subject. Because it's fascinating. We're entering the new world together. This is it. And uh, those college-age students and who are now in, uh, approaching 30, they've been in this for 10 years. This is a second nature conversation. People are trying to catch up. Now, I'm a believer that's actually not too late. I am a believer in the idea of, of, of buying opportunities. I think, that, I think that's true. I think that, that that's what's happening. One man's theory. Do not take my advice. Check with your own professionals. But I believe that my friend's advice is right that Elon Musk doesn't make the market. No one person does. You cannot stop an idea whose time has come. Crypto's here to stay. More to get to. I'm Tony Katz. The sea of hate that has come out of these violent attacks from Hamas against Israel is in many ways new. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, it's a pleasure to be with you. Uh, We're not discussing the -the run-of-the-mill anti-Semitism. That's not what we're getting into. We are getting into the full-on propaganda that prevents people from having a logical conversation. And
and we're getting into what it is that years of things like boycott, divestment, and sanction, and years of unchecked statements like Israel's an apartheid state have led to. Israel's not an apartheid state that, that is keeping the Palestinians in some sort of, of poverty. Rather, they voted for Hamas, a terrorist organization funded by Iran, hell-bent on Israel's destruction, and they don't care about the people. But you have to go a bit back to make sure we understand that none of the Arab nations care about the Palestinians. The idea that there is a Palestinian people is sometimes a conversation because these people came from other places and when the moment came to leave Israel, some people were left behind. Remember that Palestinians are a tool for nations like Iran to gin up hate against Israel. This is what makes the Abraham Accords from President Trump so incredible because it changes the mindset. And you saw nations say, look, whatever happens with the Palestinians happens with the Palestinians. Can we engage some trade? Can we at least stop, you know, with, with you know, pretending to fight each other? Then we'll figure out what's up with the Palestinians. Because it used to be, well, we can't do anything with Israel until the Palestinians have their own homeland. Well, the Palestinians were offered their own homeland again and again and again and again. And the deals that were given to Yasser Arafat, then of the PLO, the Palestinian Liberation Organization, again and again and again. And Arafat turned the deals down. Here, here's everything you want. And Arafat said, and that was that. Because it was never about the land. It was about killing the Jews. It was about pushing the Israelis, pushing the Jews into the Mediterranean Sea. And when they chant from the river to the sea, Palestine will be free. That is a call to genocide. They think they're freedom fighters. No, what they are are wannabe killers. And anybody who should stand in their way, ah, that person will get ruined. We saw it happen to Gal Gadot. We spoke about it. This is Wonder Woman, right? The, the actress. She's Israeli, served in the IDF, and she put out a post looking for, praying for better days. Our na- our, 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 Israel deserves to live as a free and safe nation. Our neighbors deserve the same. And you know what she was told? That she's a despicable Zionist. As I know Zionist, Zionist is someone who believes that Israel has the right to exist, correct? Ari, is that how I would define Zionist? Uh, I think. I don't want to be wrong, though. Well, let's. Well, we'll use this for the sake of the argument. If the argument is that a Zionist is somebody that believes Israel has the right to exist, I'm a Zionist. My name is Tony Katz, and I'm a Zionist. You don't like it? Kiss off. What does it matter to me? Does Israel have a right to exist? Of course it does. I mean, you've got people tweeting uh, at her, your country does not exist, it's always been Palestine. Your people, a.k.a. the Zionists, are killing Palestinian people. Palestine deserves to live as a free and safe nation. First, uh, if, if we could just go back uh, through, through history. We take a look at Winston Churchill. Uh, I thought it was the Boer War. My father thinks it's this the Sudan War. Um, Winston Churchill walking through what was then Palestine and saying there's nothing here. 
literally writing letters to it. He always took copious notes and sent letters to commanders and others to because he was he was a man who aspired for greatness and he thought this was one of the ways to do it. Winston Churchill, former prime minister of the UK, you know, one of the great leaders of the 20th century. There was nothing there. There was no utopia in what is Israel. And secondly, may I say, if we let's get a little biblical, Israel given to the Jews by God. The end, I'm done. But I mean, feel free to argue it. You want to just say it's the Balfour Declaration? Fine. You want to say it's 1948? Great. I will too. Israel is there and it's not going anywhere. And Israel should absolutely ensure its safety and security. The Palestinians need to unshackle themselves from Hamas, this terrorist organization, so they can be free people. That's how it's going to happen, and I want that for them. Teen Vogue, the history of police violence enacted on unarmed black and brown citizens by American law enforcement mirrors the history of Israel treating Palestinians as violent insurgents. Now, this was echoed by people like Rashida Tlaib and Andre Carson, members of Congress, trying to make a connection to the Antifa Black Lives Matter folk. Our freedom is interconnected with black, brown, indigenous. She doesn't sound great because she's outdoors at a rally for Free Palestine wearing a mask outdoors. So she's already shown you she's into the posturing game. Wait till you hear the latest on masks and outdoors. I'll have that next. But note how her and Congressman Andre Carson of Indianapolis are trying to connect this to Black Lives Matter because they figure, hey, we've already got these agitators. Let's keep going. That's why I say the propaganda is different. This is the promotion of violence from Rashida Tlaib and Andre Carson. You think it's the same? Well, it's the same if you agree that Hamas and Antifa are terrorists. It's not the same. Of course. Or I should rather say, it, trying to connect them is, is different. It's a violent act being committed by Americans. I'm Tony Katz. In the most frightening news of the day, and I know uh, we, we, we've talked about crypto, we, we've talked about uh, the bigotry of members of Congress uh, toward, towards Israel and seemingly pushing for uh, Hamas to be victorious or really just kind of ignoring the fact that this terrorist organization exists, which is always a stunning one. Really and truly, no, we get to the most frightening news, and it's not the pipeline. It's not the ransomware. It's not the gas shortages on the East Coast. No, it is learning that um, Chick-fil-A is facing a sauce shortage. Oh my God, okay, it's happening. Everybody stay calm. What's the procedure, everyone? What's the procedure? Stay What's going on? Holy crap, I am freaking out. And so you should, Peter. Chick-fil-A is facing a shortage. Now, this isn't like the ketchup shortage nonsense that we discussed. 
I actually spoke to the people at Red Gold, which is like the second largest ketchup manufacturer in, I think, in the world, and they're like, "There's no ketchup shortage." And then, and then I, I got to admit, they're like, "Look, we don't, we, we we get everything out of the U.S. We don't have to worry about uh, sourcing any kind of bottle parts or anything else from China. So maybe other people are having a problem." I, it was a it was a good little bit of throwing shade at at some people who whose name rhymes with Heinz. But Chick Fil A. Limiting the number of sauces it's giving out to customers because of limited stock. Because of supply chain issues. Now, you guys know I do a show on cigars and bourbon, right? Eat, drink, smoke. Uh, it, it, it's on coast to coast. It, 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 it is the future. It is the future. And, and so we talk a lot about um, supply chain uh, kind of things with especially bourbon and tariffs and how it's affecting the European market, which is a real, real issue, right? And 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 the, the levels of demand here in the U.S. because of COVID uh, for, for whiskeys and bourbons are through the roof. Tequila, fastest growing spirit uh, in, in America. It's unreal. Well, one of the things that we've been getting into is what's happening in the car marketplace. Now, if you know anything about vehicles uh, tell me i'm right tell me i'm wrong right twitter parlor instagram at tony Katz, or or you can call in 833 got tony 833-468-8669 the semiconductor chips right which uh you you need you need to build a car these days and uh, they're not they're, they're they ain't coming you had the car manufacturers see the slowdown because of COVID. So they said, all right, we don't need to order as many cars. So therefore, the manufacturers didn't order as many chips. So other electronics manufacturers said, I can use those chips, and I can use those chips, and I can use those chips. So now there is a shortage of chips for the auto sector. And so the car dealers don't have the new cars on the lot. Thus, Used car prices are going up because people who need a vehicle need a vehicle and they need to buy a car. By the way, also not price gouging. Just, just, man, you want to talk about one of my hot buttons. The people were like, that's price gouging. And it was Joe Biden who said, hey, you, you gas stations, don't you be price gouging. You listen to me, gas stations. If you have gas and somebody needs gas, you're allowed to charge whatever you want for it. No one gets to tell you otherwise, not even the President of the United States. Not at all or in any way. You tell the President that if he thinks he can tell you what to charge, you tell him, you know why? Because none of us got to tell Hunter what to charge the Chinese for access to Big Daddy. God, that felt good. So the prices of the used cars are going up. I have been in the market, as I've said, for a car. And what I've decided is, maybe I have to wait. Maybe I have to wait because of this supply chain issue. It is real. And now it's affecting Chick-fil-A. So they are limiting customers to one dipping sauce cup per item ordered at their restaurants. Now, I, I, I will full disclosure. I don't go to Chick-fil-A all the time. I have no issue with Chick-fil-A. I just think that there's better fast food. Right? Me, I, I am a Hardee's Carl Jr.'s guy. I, Carl's Jr., which was on the West Coast, Hardee's on the East Coast, um, or I should say on the East of, of the Mississippi. 
Hardee's is my guilty pleasure food. Carl's Jr. Oh, my gosh. All day, every day, I could eat one right now, Producer Ari. Yeah, Guilt- I've never gotten that. Oh, it's nuts. Yours is Chipotle, right? My guilty pleasure? Oh, gosh. Culver's, probably. Okay. Culver's is dang good. Culver's is dang good, and you can get the custard, and I am a custard guy. Custard gelato ice cream. It goes in that order. Goes in that order. Um, I've never... Or I've never had the Chick-fil-A sauce when I was at a Chick-fil-A. We ended up buying it because one of my kids was, was there's, a, there's a chicken chain called Zaxby's. And uh, they had some kind of hot sauce, and and all they could do was talk about the hot sauce, and and so so we're like, all right, we we found this at the store. It was the Chick Fil A sauce, and you could buy a jar of it, and we have a full jar in the refrigerator right now. So I'm I'm it's it is delicious, by the way. Basically, it's mayonnaise and ketchup with some spices. You can make your own, right? I, I'm sure of this. So I think we're gonna survive this. But I think it's interesting if you can only get one dipping sauce cup per item ordered, which means you get the chicken and you get the fries. How many do people usually get? Yeah, one per item sounds about right. How many Chick-fil-A sauce? We may have solved the obesity problem right here. There's not a rule like they ask how many do you want, and you say the number. So you're like, they're like, how many sauces would you like? And you're like 12, and they give you 12? Probably. It's Chick-fil-A, dude, and they probably do it with a smile and say, my pleasure. <laughs> Shall I inject that directly into your veins? I, 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 I've, they've asked if I wanted sauce, and I was like, no, thanks. And I do. I, I, in the couple times I've done that, people have given me kind of a look like, oh, oh, you don't want our sauce. Like I offended them. You know, they, they had to go in the back and, and, have, a, and have a me moment because I didn't want their sauce. This supply chain thing is very real. Very, very real. And yes, it's funny that it's affected Chick-fil-A. But it's going to affect the things you need. And some of these things have nothing to do with, with, a, with a hack of a, of, a, of a pipeline. Keep an eye on what becomes scarcer and scarcer as the year goes on. I'm Tony Katz. In Oklahoma, the governor, Kevin Stitt, has done the right thing, saying that critical race theory is not something that we teach in schools. The way he said it, I think is a very good model for other states to follow. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. Guys, it's great to be with you. Facebook, Tony Katz Radio. And don't forget, TonyKatz.com. Get the podcast. Support the show. Do it all at TonyKatz.com. I want you to hear it for yourself. Because people, the, 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 what has happened in this conversation of critical race theory, of anti-racism, of the schools, has been fascinating. People realizing, you know, this is, this is a giant mess here. Right? This is bigotry. And you've got pseudo-intellectuals, your local paper and, and, and social media saying, well, you know, they're not really teaching critical race theory in the schools. They're not teaching it. So why is everyone so upset? And critical race theory, it's, it's nothing more than a legal framework. 
well, if you want to argue for 30 years they've been engaged in uh, critical race theory as a legal uh, conversation, you can. But let's talk about uh, the critical race studies that have led to Ibram Kendi, who is a bigot, with his anti-racism thesis, and people like Robin D'Angelo, who wrote White Fragility, which is based on the premise that if you disagree with anti-racism, it's because you're too fragile to handle the truth about yourself. But in all these cases... It cannot be denied that the practitioners in schools on critical race theory are teaching children to be bigoted and that its real foundings, regardless of what it's called on the other end being critical race theory, is actually, yeah, these Marxists. This idea of the destruction of Western civilization, the idea of pitting people against each other in this classism warfare. It's no different than the proletariats and the bourgeoisie. Nothing has changed under the sun. Let me give you an example. This was from a, a mom. I think this is in uh, Virginia, speaking to a school board. Listen. Well, I would tell you to listen if I could get it to play. It was excellent stuff. It's this mo- <laughs> it's this mother just saying it as it is. Discussing the problem at large. By the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. Now I have a dream that we will implement love, not hate, or supporting another Jim Crow's agenda. CRT is not an honest dialogue. It is a tactic that was used by Hitler and the Ku Klux Klan on slavery very many years ago to dumb down my ancestors so we could not think for ourselves. CRT is racist. It is abusive. It discriminates against one's color. Let me educate you. An honest dialogue does not impress, oppress. An honest dialogue does not implement hatred or injustice. It's to communicate with deceiving without deceiving people today we don't need your agreement we want action in the backbone for what we asked for today to ban CRT we don't want your political advertisement to divide our children or belittle them think twice before you indoctrinate such racist theories you cannot tell me what is or is not racist look at me I had to come down here today to tell you to your face that we are coming together and we are strong this will not be the last greet and meet respectfully Did I have to mention she was black? I mean, did I have to mention that? Because she's black. Oh, wait. I thought this was all about race and it was only the white people who disagreed. (gasps) This has been one of the great lies in this whole conversation and where the real bigotry is. That's the bigotry of white fragility. It's premised on the idea that everybody who's black or Asian or Hispanic or anything else thinks alike. That somehow they need this special level of protection from just simple conversation. And it's not the way it is. The free and thinking people of the world, of America, recognize when something's wrong, recognize when something is bad for their kids. And that's where it gets like super incredible. The story here is the parents all across the country in Lincoln, Nebraska, in Brownsburg, Indiana, in Austin, Texas, who are saying, we won't have this. And we're not interested, school board. As a matter of fact, we're running for school board. You want to create a PAC? Create a PAC that gets people elected to local school boards. That's all you need. 
We will fully George Soros this thing. That's what we'll go support. He's doing DAs. We'll do school boards. We'll win. Why are they in charge? Let's us be in charge. And that's what parents are saying to themselves, and they're doing it. And they're organizing. And it's incredible. But it's always good to have an assist like the people of Oklahoma got. My fellow Oklahomans, Governor Kevin Stitt here. I just signed House Bill 1775 into law. Now more than ever, we need policies that bring us together, not rip us apart. And as governor, I firmly believe that not one cent of taxpayer money should be used to define and divide young Oklahomans about their race or sex. That is what this bill upholds for public education. Verbatim, it reads, no teacher shall require or make part of a course that one race or sex is inherently superior to another race or sex. To be sure, we must keep teaching history in all of its complexities and encourage honest and tough conversations about our past. Nothing in this bill prevents or discourages those conversations. In fact, this bill clearly endorses teaching to the Oklahoma academic standards, which were written by Oklahoma educators and include events like the Oklahoma City bombing, the Tulsa race massacre, the emergence of Black Wall Street, Oklahoma City lunch counter sit-ins led by Clara Looper, and the Trail of Tears. Anybody going to argue against that? Really? Anyone? I didn't, I didn't, I didn't think so. That's what makes this so good. I mean, just saying it straight and direct, but he's not done. We can and should teach this history without labeling a young child as an oppressor or requiring he or she feel guilt or shame based on their race or sex. I refuse to tolerate otherwise. During a time when we are already so polarized, we cannot revert to 100-year-old thinking that a person is any less valuable or inherently racist by the color of their skin. Martin Luther King spoke of a day when people in America would be judged not by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. House Bill 1775 codifies that concept that so many of us believe in our hearts, including me. And as governor, I will not stand for publicly funded K through 12 schools, training impressionable minds to define themselves by their sex or their race. Thank you, God bless you, and God bless the great state of Oklahoma. A lot of governors could learn from that. Now, you find me the person opposed to that standard, and I'll find you the person who really is invested in bigotry and in hate and doesn't see people for the people that they are. Remember, the teaching of this in schools is to say you are guilty by your birth for something you did not do, even if it was done by people you are not related to or do not know. You are guilty for your existence. And it teaches kids to find that guilt, to feel that way. Yeah, you can deny it and talk all you want about, oh, no, it's not really that. No, it's not taught like that. Yeah, of course it is. We have teachers who have given up their careers because it's taught like that. We have parents of all races speaking out because it's taught like that. You can't fool these parents anymore, and you're getting desperate. 
Good, because desperate people make mistakes. Now what we have to do is get rid of the DEI officers at schools. No more diversity, equity, inclusion, because that's all just a, a cover for teaching this bigotry. And then what we have to do is teach it all. The good, the great, the bad, and the ugly. And I would encourage everybody to learn what the Tulsa race massacres were, because it was awful. And you should learn what Black Wall Street was. You should learn what happens when people are given opportunity and they take advantage of it. This is Tony Katz today.